Welcome to another episode of the NRL All-Stars Podcast. This is Barnsley, back for the weekly Supercoach Fix. This week, it's going to be a Supercoach episode that's probably a little bit shorter uh, and a little bit more succinct because we're going to do a little bit differently this week. It's going to focus on the Pappenhausen injury. So we're going to have a real look at really the big uh, changes you can make to your side, trading Pappenhausen out, what some of the best options are. I'm going to go through all those. I know some of the other podcasts are doing similar, but... It's a really huge week because this is really going to make or break, I think, the run home for many teams. You can either really do well with this or not. Uh, I think one of the positives with it is that a lot of the time when a guy that's worth a lot of money like Pappenhausen ends up injured in Supercoach, everyone goes to the same player. Uh, whereas this year, I think it's fantastic that there is multiple options that people can use. So it should really differentiate a lot of teams. For the worse and also for the better, depending on what ones you take and uh, how the season plans it pans out. So this week it's going to be a solo one, just with me. Uh, then we're going to have the talking footy episode at the end of the week, where we're going to have Perso on board and we're going to be going through all things rugby league. So Super Coach Pappenhausen special. Also going to do a quick TLT to look at captaincy options and everything else. So let's get started on the Pap injury, though. Obviously, huge news in the Super Coach world. I captained him on the weekend, have to say. I was absolutely filthy. I had the captaincy on Manu probably till two minutes before kickoff. Um, and then I sort of really didn't have enough balls to go through with it. And I really should have because obviously Manu absolutely killed it and scored 191 points and Pap got hurt. So absolute season changer for me. Uh, and the week before as well, I did the same thing with Cody Walker. So not a good run for Barnsley, but it is because I'm not following my gut which I think is something that's really important for coaches to do, and I didn't take my own advice. So when we are having a look at Pappenhausen trades, I think that's one that's one of the key things. Like You really need to be following your gut on this stuff and really going for what you, what you think is going to happen um, over the next you know, eight games that are left in the season because at this point you can not quite throw numbers out the window, but it doesn't matter as much if someone's averaged... 80 for the season, or if the last sort of five rounds have been killing it, or the last three rounds have been really poor, like some of these options are. It only that matters is what's going to happen for the next the, the last two months of the season. Okay, that's the run home. That's what you're looking for. So let's go through the options. First of all, I'll probably say with Pap, there's a couple of different ways that you can obviously replace him. So we're going to look at tiers. You can obviously get a fullback in. That's the that's easy, most straightforward way. So we're going to talk about fullbacks that are potential options to replace with Pappenhausen. Center wing's the other one. Uh, there's a lot of uh, good center wing options that you can flick over to fullback at the moment. And I would say, like previously, like certainly the preseason, you know, we all sort of said, hey, you can't really run without the proper fullbacks in your team because there's too many good fullback options. Not really the case now. Like now, there's some options that are both come to the front of um, the scoring that are not necessarily fullbacks but are fullback eligible in Supercoach that are de- genuine options. And you couple that with the fact that both Turbo and Pappenhausen are now out for the year and the strategy's changed a little bit. You probably can run a premium centre wing uh, option out of your centre wing and put them at fullback. Halves is the other last spot that you can look at because there is a lot of ways that you can actually upgrade your halves uh, with that Pappenhausen money. Uh, for example, someone like me, like I've got drink water. 
at 5'8". I can easily move him into fullback and then end up buying a 5'8 for my team. Also, a lot of people have Hines at halfback and an option's always going to be to move Hines to fullback and buy a halfback for yourself as well. So I'm going to talk about all those options, but we're going to start off with fullback first of all. With fullback, um, I'm just going to say the first guy is 56% owned and that is Hines. And I'm not going to go through it too much aside from saying that if you don't have Hines, in my opinion, he is the guy that you should be targeting first. Obviously, most active super coaches have Hines. I'm still seeing a few teams that don't, though. Now, put it in perspective a little bit quickly, 85 points a game for Hines. That's phenomenal as it is. And I think that he's done that whilst the last couple of months people have sort of gone off him a little bit because, you know, five-round average of 77, it's not quite the highs that we've seen from him before. But I think that largely because he missed out on round 17, uh, people haven't really looked enough to see that he's actually gone really good the last few weeks. 96, 96, and 80, his last three rounds of footy. And he hasn't scored hardly any tries this year either. So I reckon that they're coming. Penrith this week, um, certainly a hard game. But this comes into the strategy, right, of selling Pappenhausen at the moment. I think that people need to be looking at the whole of season more than just this week. And really, you should be setting your team as quick as you can with this trade because Pappenhausen's going to inject a lot of money. So I wouldn't even care about this week. After this week... Uh, I've said many times the Sharks have got a great run. Souths, who are now not a, not a hard team. I know they've been going better, but the Bulldogs easily put 28 on them or whatever it was, and so did the Knights the week before. Pretty easy to score on the South Sydney Rabbits still. Uh, and then they've got the Dragons, Tigers, Manly, Bulldogs, and Newcastle. Hines could very easily uh, go above his average for the final games of this season that are remaining. Wouldn't be surprised if he averages 95, which is what he did for the first two months of the season. So 95 points from him at 725k. You have to get him in. He's going to also be a captaincy option or at a minimum a vice captaincy option for many of those games coming up after this week. And that's a big deal as well. Hines is the must replacement for me if you don't own him. Now, obviously, a lot of teams do. So who's the next best? To me, it's definitely James Tedesco. Uh, James Tedesco, I think, has fluctuated a lot. You know, you could have gotten on him a a few weeks ago or a little bit longer, and he would have only been 16% owned. He's up to 22%, and he is going to be someone who is is going to be heavily owned um, now that the Pappenhausen news has come to light because a lot of people are going to trade to him. But, you know, he's not going to be as highly owned as a Hines. He's also not going to be as highly owned as he is in past seasons. The great things with him is that he's 675000 which is really affordable because what I think you're hoping to do with Pappenhausen now is even though he's just dropped 150k over the last two weeks, you're really hoping to be able to upgrade another spot to one of your run-home keepers too with that extra money. Teddy really allows that at that price point of 675k. So he's looking good uh, the last couple of weeks. Certainly, you know, against the Dragons on the weekend, I think that Manu overshadowed the fact that Teddy still got 99 points and he did that with two tries, but I thought that he looked a lot better. He's coming up against Newcastle now. Now, obviously, I already said you're really going for the run home. Don't worry too much if it's a hard one this week, but if it's an easy one this week, then it means that you should be prioritizing someone even more like Tedesco because you don't want to miss the easy game. And he is a guy that could be a captaincy option this week against Newcastle. I will definitely be looking at him as a captaincy option this week myself. So Teddy's got a 75 average for the season. That's below what he's done for three years in a row. You know, 29 in 2021, he's gone 84, 95, and 87. 
I'd be very surprised if he doesn't close out the season and get to an 80-plus average. Um, to do that, he's going to have to average 85 to 90, and, and I think that he can do that. Looking past the Newcastle game, I think the run home is quite good. Um, Manly and Broncos, the next two after that, those guys are good teams, and they're playing well, but both of them can still let in points in the Broncos games at the SCG, where traditionally the Roosters can score points. So the next two weeks are decent teams, and I think this is one of the things with the Roosters draw that people get, um, I guess, put off by. Uh, they do have some good teams in there, but they're actually still okay for super coach scoring, and those two are good examples. They've then got the Cowboys, but again, the big key with the Cowboys, this will still be a really tough game for the Roosters and for Tedesco, but... The real key thing is that he's at the SCG too, and in fact, the Roosters have three Sydney Cricket Ground games in a row. <coughs> excuse me in a row. So because of that, it makes it a lot more palatable playing the Cowboys, and the Roosters also you know, smashed the Cowboys by thirty odd points um, a couple of months ago. Now it's a different Cowboys side; they're performing a lot better. It'll probably be harder, but they've got good records. Then they hit the Tigers. Excellent game. Uh, Storm, very hard run at Amy Park. That'll be a bad one, but then they finish on Souths. It's uh, it's a mixed bag, but I certainly wouldn't say it's below average for the Roosters' draw. Uh, but you do need to get that Newcastle game in this week, so I wouldn't put Tedesco off any longer. If you're going to be getting him in, and I think that you should be, if you don't have him, then he's a real logical choice, and you need to be getting him in this week. Latrell Mitchell is the alternate to Tedesco. It seems to be a lot of people are looking at Latrell. Um, and look, it's for good reason. Latrell has come back and he's playing sensational football. He passes the eye test. He's goal kicking as well, which is a big plus. He's only slightly more than Tedesco at the moment after a big price rise. He scored 136 on the weekend. Before that, he went 93-99 in his two other games. Now, that's a three-round average of 109 points. You, you can't ask for any more than that. He has been fantastic and he's been in everything. So, you know, why wouldn't you get Latrell? I think is a big question. Uh, I actually think that there's half a dozen reasons why this could be a bit shaky as a buy. Um, and I'm benchmarking him against other guys. I think, you know, if you got him in the last few weeks, it's great. The last couple of weeks, it needs to be put into context. He played the Bulldogs and the Knights the last two weeks. You know, that's a lot easier. Everyone knows that the South Shore unravels a little bit. And I have seen the argument that uh, Latrell can play good in the big games. He can. Uh, so certainly, you know, maybe he's a little bit match-up proof, and certainly in the form that he's in, he might be. Start of the year, his first three games were against the Storm, the Roosters, and Penrith, and he went 71, 53, and 65. Yeah, look, that's not terrible. You know, it's, it's close to a 65 average. That's fine, but all the other options are going to give you more than that, so you wouldn't want that again. Melbourne and the Sharks are the next two weeks for him. Both Melbourne's defence hasn't been there, so it'll be a real litmus test on how Melbourne's actually going to bounce back after three losses. But after that, the Sharks, you know, their, their defence is very good. And then they do have their one lone good game, which is against the Warriors. But then after that, the last month of the season, the Eels, Panthers, Cows and Roosters, you know, it's it, it just is not a good South straw. And... The other thing that I would say with Latrell is I think a lot of buyers at the moment are going, look, you know what, instead of a Tedesco or some of these other options, I can go Latrell and get a pod. He's already 14% owned, and he's actually the most traded-in player at the moment. He's being traded in more than what Tedesco is. So he's going to be, I would guess, at least 25% owned, if not more, by the time this round kicks off. He's going to be far from a pod. So get that out of the way immediately. The other thing that you've seen in the last two weeks of his performances is, whilst he's scored sensationally, his base raw has been 18 and 19 the last two weeks. 
And even if you account for his base-base attack, it's actually not as high as the other fullbacks. So that's his flaw, okay? So I understand that people might say, look, he might be able to buck the trend. He's a sort of big game player. He's in really hot form. And all that's very true. But how much of that is going to be able to overcome the fact that he relies solely on goal-kicking and clutch attack? Now, he might not have that many goals to kick against Melbourne and the Sharks the next couple of weeks. And in fact, half of the game's left. South may not score that many points. And if he's not involved in multiple tries, he saw tries himself, then he's going to be in for some pretty mediocre scores. We did see that. You know, he's he's played games in the past where that's happened. In the Roosters game in round three, which was his lowest score, you know, he's only played six, but it's his lowest score out of them that he's played 80 minutes. He scored 53 points, and that's a really good example. It didn't have goal kicking. There wasn't a huge amount of goals in that in any way that would have added to it. Uh, and he still had some scoring stats as well with some clutch attack, and it was still only 53. I think that's a big concern with Latrell. Um, the other thing that I would say as well is he is probably out of all the options, the one guy that you could definitely see getting suspended. And if he gets suspended, it's really going to put a hole in your side because I think a lot of people are making these trades, not being able to make other trades later on. This is sort of the set and forget stuff. And, you know, I don't have very many trades left myself. I'm going to use both this week and then I only have three left, but my team will be pretty set. You can't really afford to be trading these guys out later. Um, Now, I'd never say don't buy someone because you're worried they'll get suspended, but it's just one of the points to consider when you're benchmarking at some of the other players that Latrell has an okay you know, chance of being you know, left out or uh, for a week or two on suspension or even getting sin-binned uh, and those type of things. That's that's on the cards for Latrell in, in the last eight rounds of the season. I think that he's a good option. Um, I just think that Teddy is above him, and I certainly think that Hines uh, is, is the number one that you have to get in. But look, Latrell's great. If you already own him, fantastic. You've gotten the great points the last few weeks. If you don't, you're not going to have the great points from the last few weeks as well, and you're going to come into a hard draw with a guy that relies completely on clutch attack and has a low floor and is also a potential suspension risk as well. And he's playing in a South Sydney side that, until they're beaten up on the bad teams the last couple of weeks, hasn't looked good in attack either. So yeah, a lot of things to consider with Latrell. Who's the left field option? Now, the left field option for me is Scotty Drinkwater. He can obviously be a 5'8 as well, but Drinkwater has had a remarkable season, really, uh, and he's still only 15% owned, so I certainly think a lot of people brought him in for that buy round and, and sold him off. Uh, I've kept him, and I specifically kept him because I looked at this end-of-season run and said, you know, the Sharks are the end-of-season run that I want, and the Cowboys are the other one. The Cowboys uh, get harder the last couple of weeks. They finish off on Penrith and Souths. The good thing about that Penrith game is that it's not in a, a head-to-head grand final week any longer. But from this week onwards, you know, this next... Five games, Tigers, Dragons, Dogs, Roosters, Warriors. They have four. They have all of those games in the next five weeks against non-top eight teams. All five. And four of those are against bottom five teams out of the next five. You can't get a better draw than that immediately from this week. And Drinkwater is only 15% owned. So he's not a pod... But he's going to be someone who not a lot of people are jumping to. Uh, Latrell and Tedesco are going to rocket up in ownership. Teddy will probably be 35 to 40%. Latrell will probably 25 to 35%. And, you know, Drinkwater probably only go up a couple of percent. So you're still going to have a guy that's maybe 17% owned. 
and he's also going to have a huge upside on that draw. He's already averaged 71 for the year, and he's shown multiple times uh, a propensity to really smash the bad teams. So he's already played the Dragons in round 14 and threw up 90 points against them. The Titans, he's thrown up 119 and 102 against already this year. And then you look at teams like the Warriors that he's got coming up. He scored 94 points against them in his first game of NRL this season. So he does tend to jump up and score well against the worst sides. Uh, the only outlier there is against the Tigers. He only scored 46 points against them in round 10, and he does have them this week. I'm expecting him to, to fire for this run home, and he's 71 average for the season is good enough as it is. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he averages 80-plus. And I think that 80-plus is kind of what you're looking for with this, these premium trade-ins. I think with your fullbacks, you want them to be running home at an 80-plus type of average because the top few fullbacks in the game will, will hit that 80-plus average for the run home. I do like Drinkwater as a left-field one. Um, do I like him more than the others? Look, I still think you have to get Teddy above him. But I think that it's a legitimate argument that Drinkwater is going to be better than Latrell for the balance of the year. Uh, and, you know, not maybe not on the eye test, uh, but certainly on the point scoring. Uh, I think that Drinkwater could go at least as well as what Latrell, but probably better. So who's the mass pod out of these fullback options for the Pappenhausen replacements? The massive pod is a guy that no one talks about anymore, but used to be one of the super coach guns at fullback and a consideration every year, and that is Kalen Ponga. Kalen Ponga has gotten down to $490,000. Got a two-round game, last two games, I should say. 69 points against Manly last weekend, uh, 86 points against Canberra. Uh, And before that, when you're looking at his 80-minute games, 72 and 79. So he's certainly been getting uh, a lot better. Um, It's always punctuated with games out with his injuries and also with... Uh, origin that's been up as well, so that's you know always going to be there. But Newcastle, quite low key, you know, I probably rank them as having the third best run out of anyone. Um, certainly, Cowboys and Sharks are better, but Roosters this week. But then they got the Dogs, the Tigers, Broncos, Raiders, Gold Coast, and then finish on the Sharks. They've got a really good run, uh, and he's the cheapest. Certainly, I think a lot of teams will probably look at it and go, "Wow, he's only three percent owned, and he's going to be goal kicking on that draw." Kalen Ponga has the potential to go up to 150 points, which he's done before. Um, he looks like the best option. Look, a few things with him, okay? I think if this trade was happening, uh, certainly the second month of the season, there would be a much bigger argument for someone like Ponga because the value of getting someone in at that price point is huge because you can on-sell them later at maybe two or 300,000 profit when he peaks and, and switch to one of the other fullbacks. That value of doing that's gone in these later rounds. So pretty much the price point doesn't matter anymore because everyone's going to have enough money to spend on whoever they want with Pappenhausen out. And along with that as well, you're not going to care how much money someone makes because you're not going to trade these guys back out. That would be a lot of the value of getting Ponga in and that's erased by the fact that it's just going to be for the run home. I do think the Ponga will go well, though. Um, he's averaging 54 for the year, which is crazy. I think for the rest of this run, he could easily average 70 or 75. The problem with that is you're probably still going to be 5 to 10 points below some of the other options that you can have. And, and that's the issue with Ponga. He's a 3% pod, which is great, but you need those pods to actually be able to beat the more fancy players that are heavily owned. I just think that he's going to be really good, but he's not going to beat the other options, and, and that's why I'd cancel him out as an option. 
So how about the center wing options? I mean, that's obviously the other area that we can look at um, because you can move guys from your center wing to your fullback spot or you can get center wing guys at a duel and just get them into fullback. The first guy that's always going to come to mind here at this point of the season is going to be Joey Manu because Joey has gone 191 points against the Dragons, as I mentioned. Um, and I think, you know, the thing with it is that he... He just seems to rack up the points so well when he's playing out of position at six or even at one. Um, his performance last week was just out of this world. And he got the two tries and the two line breaks. Both were completely created by him where he's run from dummy half. Uh, but the other thing too is that he had another line break as well, which led to a try with a great flick pass. But it's always going to be his base base attack. Like he had 15 tackle breaks last week. The last time that he started in the six jumper, um, he had 15 as well, I think, or 16 tackle breaks. And in the one jersey, he had similar. He gets double-digit tackle breaks when he's got those possessions. It's pretty hard not to say, you know, he's a great replacement. He's only a little bit less than what Pappenhausen is, so you're not going to make a lot of money at $800,000. But he's averaging 80 points for the year. And that's that's that point that you want. You want someone that's averaging 80-plus, like I said. But when you're going through his games... Since round 12, you just sort of think, wow, I need I need to get him in because he's gone 77, 130, 65, 85, 97, and 191. For the season, he's, he's 71% of the time he's hitting 60-plus points. But the biggest thing is that he now has five tons for the year, uh, which is up there with number one in the Supercoach world. And I think it's the second best score at 191 points so far this year as well. So he does have the big ones in him too. I'm going to be really controversial here uh, and say I don't think that he's a good option for people to be buying in now. And you know, I, I could be wrong, but one of the things that's getting really lost in the Joey Manu hysteria is the fact that when he does have these big scores, he's playing out of position. You know, he does it when he's playing in the halves. He does it when he's playing at one. He doesn't do it as much when he's playing in the centers. But when he does do it in the centers, uh, he does need multiple tries. Um, and he also doesn't have the huge ones. So round four and five, he went 118 and 104 in the centers. Uh, both of those had doubles where he had to score doubles. He just doesn't have the same possessions that he does and he doesn't have the same free reign to do what he wants and crab across the field and look for gaps and palm, 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 getting all those tackle breaks and then offloading. It just doesn't happen for him. I don't think that you should sell him. If you own him, that's great. Um, but I think that people that are buying, you know, it's one of those things where mathematics comes into it a little bit. When a guy's been this hot and he's been going this crazy and you know that he hasn't really done it before and he's going to have his role changed... all the likelihood points to the fact that you're going to get less than what you paid for and you're going to get less than what he's been doing. So I still think that he can go well. Um, Certainly this week in the centres against Newcastle, I think he can go great. But he's probably going to be in between where we've seen him before uh, and where we're seeing him at the moment. So last year he averaged 62, which, you know, aside from two or three games, was was mostly, it was all in the centres. And this year he's averaging 80. For the run home, look, I think he might average 68 to 70, uh, and that'll be a pretty good finish for him. And that's going to be fine if you own him. But if you don't, and you're paying 800 grand, and there's all these other options, yeah, I, I just really don't see it. And it sounds funny because he's got a three round average of 124 and a five round average of 114. Sounds silly for me to say don't buy him. Um, look, maybe he bucks it, and maybe he just continues doing it in the centers. But 
Kiri's back this week. I know there's been a lot of talk about Joey Manu should play in the halves. It's not going to happen. It is not something that Robbo is even going to remotely consider because leaving Joey Manu uh, in, the, in the halves means that you're leaving Luke Kiri out of the team. He can't play anywhere else. And aside from the fact that the Roosters are super thin at the moment, it's a better side if they have Kiri in it and they have Manu playing a different position. They just have to fit their best players in at the moment, especially with all the injuries. They've got three of their starting 13 out uh, for long-term, if not the season, from last week's game. They, they need all hands on deck that they can get and as better quality players in that 13 as they can get. That includes Manu at centre because they have to accommodate Kiri. So I don't see any way that you're going to get many games, if any, at, at one or six from Joey Manu unless there's an injury which means you've got to account for what you think he's going to score as a centre going forward. And as a centre, it's just never been anywhere near as good. So fine if you got him. I, I wouldn't recommend buying him as a replacement. I'd look at some of the other options. Other centre wing options. Uh, Ruben Garrick's the other guy that's the, the next most owned. And uh, by the way, Manu is 38% owned already, probably going to be 45% by the time this trading round's finished. So yeah, that's the other thing. He's going to be nowhere near low ownership. Ruben Garrick's 21% owned. Um, maybe he'll go up a couple of percent from the Pappenhausen trades, but maybe not too much. And look, Garrick deserves a lot of credit because he's gone much better than I thought that he would. Um, he was a 67 average at fullback prior to this season, and he certainly improved as a player. You know, His base and base attack just overall, even including his wing games this year, has been in the 40s, which is great. And obviously, he's got his goal kicking too. So solid as a bank with his floor. Um, 72 average for the year, 735,000. Going to have around about 100k change from the PAP trade if you go for him. And he's coming off 122 points against Newcastle. Look, he's he's definitely exceeded expectations. Um, he's got four tons himself for the year. The draw for Manly, uh, got, uh, it's a bit of a mix again. Um, they seem to have... Uh, a couple of hard games and then a, a, a real easy game. So they got the Dragons, then they got the Roosters and Eels, which is two harder weeks. Then they got a good one against the Titans. Then they got uh, the Sharks and then Canberra at GIO Stadium in Canberra, and then they finish on the Dogs. So it, it's a mixed bag. Um, I, I couldn't uh, fault anyone for getting in Ruben Garrick. Uh, he's earned it, uh, and he's shown that he can go big, and he's shown that he could go that 80-plus for the duration of the year. He doesn't have a Penrith in there. He doesn't have a Cowboys in there. And he doesn't have a Storm in there. Um, Sharks is a staunch defensive side that he's going to be coming up against. But the others, you know, they're, they're not as good as those top few sides. So, look, it's not a bad draw. Uh, Ruben's an option. He does have a really good floor with his base base attack and the goal kicking. I get it. I would prefer other options personally, but, you know, it could very well work out. And one of the, I guess, positives with Ruben is a large percentage of the top 1,000, 5,000, and 10,000 own Ruben Garrick. He's 21% overall, but certainly in that top 1,000, you know, he's heavily owned. So if you're chasing, uh, you might need a Ruben Garrick to be able to catch people, uh, and there's maybe not that many pods that you can get. Ruben Garrick, someone at 21% ownership overall that you can get in. He's not going to be as highly owned as the other guys. I think it's great if you know if you got all the other main guys that we've been talking about, and you throw a Ruben Garrick in there as well. Yeah, it's it's a great move because Garrick's done well this year. I think it'll continue as well. Other options, they're the two high owned ones, Manu and Garrick. Who are the non high owned ones? I tell you, my favourite. Sneaky pod buy for this week. He's in the top 10 at the moment with the most bought. So people are looking at it. He might not be a pod anymore, but 7% ownership, Valentine Holmes. 
I am buying Valentine Holmes this week at the moment. At the moment, my trades are Holmes and Fafita in. And look, Holmes is under 600000 So you're going to have um, close to 250 k bank to spend elsewhere. And that's going to be really handy. He's gone 86, 99, and 65 his last three weeks for a three-round average of 83. Five-round average of 73. Uh, only one ton for this year, though. So... Herein lies the issue with Valentine Holmes. His clutch attack hasn't been there, but he's got the goal kicking and a good base. Um, his base is very similar to what Ruben Garrix is. It's a little bit better in raw base by a couple of points because he's playing in the centers and he's getting extra tackles, which is good at 25 raw base. Uh, and he's around about a 41 base base attack, so he's got that good floor. But like Ruben Garrick, he can throw in his goal kicking and he's going to be scoring 50s without you know hitting line breaks and tries and so forth. That's really appealing, um, but the fact that he's going to be playing on such a great draw compared to someone like Manly uh, means that I would, I would actually back that Holmes could outscore Ruben Garrick for the run home. He has, he's, there's two ways to look at it, though, right? So I certainly can see an argument where people are going to go, he's made like you know one line break in the last two months. Um, he's hardly scored any tries this season compared to other seasons. Uh, he's not getting clutch attack. That's going to continue with how the Cowboys are, and that doesn't give him enough of an upside. He's only hit 100-plus once. Fully get that, and that could be the case. The other way of looking at it, glass half full, is those attacking stats are going to come more. He's got a really friendly draw, which is going to open up, and it's going to start to come with those clutch attack stats, and he's going to be goal-kicking. That's probably going to give him an average of six to eight points extra just on his extra goal kicks in this run because it's so good. Tigers this week, easy potential ton. Uh, Dragons, Bulldogs, Roosters, Warriors. You know, four out of those five, he could easily go 80-plus on. And then all of a sudden, you do have that guy that's that's an 80-plus run on the run, run home, and he could get a couple of hundreds. I actually think that on the run home, he's going to have 200-plus scores in his next eight games, just looking at that draw. And with the goal kicking in the floor and everything and with his ownership... You know, I think that he is a pod that you could risk at 7% ownership because he's not going to hurt you. Uh, and the other thing too with these center wing options, right, and this is something I didn't mention at the start when I was starting to go through these options, is that if you throw a Valentine Holmes in for a Pappenhausen now and you're finding it's not, um, not, not that it's not working out, but you're finding, you know, there's some other fullback guys that are really stepping up or you're wrong about one or maybe Pong is going a lot better than what you thought, you can easily trade a center wing out and grab another fullback and move homes into your center wing with that jewel. And that's the case with all these center wings and get one of those fullbacks later on. So certainly you've got that flexibility as well with guys like Holmes. I just love Holmes' draw and I just know that there's not going to be a huge amount of people that are jumping on him. He might be 10% owned, 11% owned, so he's not going to quite be a pod, but he's going to be as close to it for someone who's got that draw ahead of them and who has been going you know, sneakily good at... Yeah, he's scoring lately. Certainly, he started off the season really badly, and I think that's affected his averages, and that's probably why he's a bit under the radar. 63 average for the year isn't phenomenal, um, but again, five-round average of 73, you know, that's that's way more what he is. He opened up the year with a 16-point game and a 49-point game, uh, which, you know, reduced his averages quite a bit. He's only got one other... He's only got two other games all year that are below that 49 uh, and nothing near that 16-point game abomination in round one. Really like Holmes, if you can't tell. But the last guy is the pod. Who's the pod center wing option, Jewel, that you can get in? That is going to be Nick Meany, the guy that is taking out Pappenhausen's fullback jersey. 
Now, Meany has had a good year already anyway. Um, he's averaging 60 points for the year. But at fullback, he's around about a 69 average. That's great. And it's also got goal kicking on top. So he is someone that could get to the 80-plus region that we were talking about because the Storm, you know, they've got a really good few weeks, very quietly. South this week, they could put points on, but definitely the two weeks after. And what I would say is that if you do have plans going forward, like if you don't have a Munster, if you don't have a Grant, um, these guys you have to get in next week. So whatever you do this week, if you're not getting those guys, plan to get them next week because the Warriors and the Titans, you can't miss out on those games for Storm players if you're going to have them in your side. Certainly Meany at one with this current draw. You know, he's normally got a 69 average at fullback. He, he could easily go 80 plus. He's already done a three-round average of 67 and a five-round average of 73, and he's only 600,000. So like Valentine Holmes, he is one of the cheaper options you can get as opposed to the more popular ones, and he's only 5% owned. Does have a pretty good draw with the Storm, although... After the next few weeks, it does get harder. The last month for the Storm is Penrith, Broncos, Roosters, Eels. Now, it's not the worst, but it's certainly not the best. And it's why I say if you're going to get any Storm players, it really is now or next week at the latest. Because if you miss out on the next two or three weeks of draw and then get Storm players in, you lose so much of the value by doing that because the draw is so much harder. And points are going to be far harder to come by for them. So... Definitely jump on this week. Um, what I would say with Meany as a bit of a caveat, there's rumours going around that Reese Walsh might be getting a release to go to the Melbourne Storm. If that happens, Reese Walsh will start at fullback, and then you'll be stuck with a Meany on the wing for the Storm. So there's definitely downside because his, his role could change. I was actually quite surprised with the team list this week that there was even talk that Meany wasn't guaranteed to be named on Tuesday at the fullback spot. Um, they were thinking about even Wishard being put there and other options. So, you know, maybe job security is an issue. I don't think that he's a pod that's worth it. Um, but certainly, you know, if he stays in that role and he's goal-kicking and, and someone like Walsh doesn't come, next three weeks I could see him going to 90-plus average against the um, Rabbits, the Warriors, and the Titans. You know, that there is a world where that could happen. If you have trades left, and I'm talking a lot of these trades as if People don't have a lot. You know, if you've got like 10 plus trades, you can afford just to trade in guys and then just trade them back out if they're not working out or play the draw. So that would probably make someone like Meany more appealing because you could trade him in for three weeks and then trade him straight back out. Halves options. Now, you can definitely get halves in via Jules. Uh, Cleary, there is still some teams without Cleary, I think. It was probably about four weeks ago where there was actually quite a... Cleary was actually top 10 sold. Uh, and I think that the idea was that teams were going to sell Nathan Cleary and then buy him back after Origin. You need to be buying him back now. You know, if you know you're going to buy him back after Origin, and obviously he wasn't named last week, you need to you, you need to buy him this week. Um, he's play, playing the Sharks, uh, good defensive side, but look, Nathan Cleary's Nathan Cleary. Um, as far as the two priorities that you've got, look, you've got Hines as number one in the fullback replacements, and then Cleary in the halves replacements as your number one. If you don't have those two guys, they, they, don't worry about anyone else. Get them in. You have to have them for this run home. But then the other guy is Munster, 33% owned at the moment. Um, so certainly there are teams that we're looking at getting him in um, afterwards when Origin was done. I am one of those teams. I don't own Cameron Munster at the moment. And I say that when I mention that you need to get the Storm players in, but I'm not getting him in this week at the moment. I've got Holmes and Fafida in at the moment for me. Now, look, I'm getting Munster in 100% next week, and this is why the planning is really important. Uh, so for me, 
I'm going to have 300,000 bank to get to Munster next week um, pretty easily. Uh, and that's what you should be planning if you're not getting in this week. But this week, you know, Munster is a great buy this week because he's playing the South Sydney Rabbitohs and they can give up points despite them looking better and despite Latrell's impact on them the last three games. One of the things that I like about Munster, and I think this has sort of been a question that's come up with buying him this week, uh, I think teams have thought, you know, what's going to happen to the Storm without Pappenhausen? They obviously lost to the Raiders on the weekend. They're on a three-game losing streak. They are not looking like the Storm of old at all, and they are under pressure at the moment to even be a top-four team in the NRL come finals time. I actually think this is going to help Munster. Um, I think that Pappenhausen's touches um, and his uh, clutch attack stats that he's getting, I think some of those are going to go over to Munster. And I think the Munster is having a really good season at an 81 average. It's his career year for super coach and arguably his career year for his career in real life. I, I just see it adding to him. He is someone who's got uh, four tons to to his name at the moment, which is great, and is averaging 81 points. He's at least going to be an 80-plus average on the way home, and he is someone that you need to have because he can go you know, 130 like he did against the Dragons, uh, 110 he went against the Warriors, and he's got them coming up the week after this. Hasn't played the Titans yet, and I bet he's waiting to play those to put 130 on them too. So it's I'm getting him next week for sure. Uh, if you're getting this week, it's a great trade though, and I would probably prioritize him over most others that aren't Cleary, Teddy, or Hines. Uh, I think that he's going to be a pretty big priority. I'm running the Gauntlet a little bit by going Holmes, but I'm doing that because I don't want to miss that Tigers matchup this week. And I'm hoping that Munster has a relatively quiet, you know, 60 to 80 type of game against South. And I think that I'm going to get at least that from Valentine Holmes with upside for a lot more. So I'm getting Munster in next week. As far as halves go, aside from Nathan Cleary, he's the number one target that I think you should be getting in, though, because I do think that that injury is going to benefit from him. Um, I don't have any stats with Pap out. He has been out quite a bit, Pappenhausen, but uh, it's just the Stormer. The other thing to remember, too, is the Stormer under the pump. So it's not just the Pappenhausen injury with him being out and some attacking stats on offer for Munster. It is also the fact that the Melbourne Stormer are under pressure, and I can see a big bounce back this week against South Sydney. And I can see them really going to town ruthlessly against the Warriors and the Titans the two weeks after that. So it's a big three weeks for the Melbourne Storm, um, and I'm backing them to come out of it. And I think it's going to be led by Cameron Munster at the front. Other options that aren't the highly owned guys in the halves. Uh, I've seen Hughes come up a little bit. I mentioned that uh, Munster, I think, is going to get more attacking opportunity. Look, Jerome Hughes might too. But I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I'm going to just rule him out. I don't think you should be looking at Hughes just because I think Pretty much all the other options bar bar Meany, I think, are better. So I, I just wouldn't go there. Um, another pot is Burton. And look, I, it's hard to get your head around going for a Matt Burton. But I have mentioned before on this podcast that I bought Matt Burton in um, for the buy cover. And I kept him a little bit longer with his draw. Look, I, I regretted selling him. Um, I sold him. Around 14, I think it was. He then went 76 against the Tigers the next week, um, 28, and then 83 against South's last game. He has now gone on an absolute tear with a five-round average of 73. He's under 600K. Uh, but I think that the key for him is this next month of football for the Bulldogs. You know, if you're looking for a pod, and certainly there's going to be teams who have Munster, who have halves of Cleary and Hines already, and who maybe have Teddy at the back with Pappenhausen. You know, you have the ability, if that's the case, to go for one of these um, more pottish options. Certainly Drinkwater is a similar one to someone like Burton. 
Um, Burton is very risky. You know, he's got the the lowest base base attack out of anyone that we've spoken about, but he does have the goal kicking. And despite that low floor, he's only gone below 75 points once in his last seven games. Now, that is pretty remarkable. Once in his last seven games, he's gone below 75. And other than that, he's absolutely killed it. And three out of those seven games, he's gone 80-plus, including a 98-point performance, which was against Penrith, albeit in the bye round. So, look, the Dogs' attack has been a bit better. Um, he's been goal-kicking for them, and they've got the Gold Coast Titans, Newcastle Knights, uh, Cowboys, but at home, and then the Warriors. So three out of the next four games are against bottom four teams. I know it's the Bulldogs. Uh, I know that can cap them, and it will. But I would say that three out of the next four weeks, Matt Burton will be a really sneaky pod. I couldn't possibly recommend buying him over the other options. Um, you know, there's probably half a dozen options that I'd have to buy ahead of him. But he deserves a mention because he has been going exceedingly well the second half of the season. And I think that he's going to be in for a really good finish. Uh, the next month of footy, there's a lot of points on offer for someone like Matt Burton. So a warrant to mention. Uh, I don't think you can do it, but certainly you know, as an extreme pod, if you own most of the other guys, you, know, you, you can at least look at the numbers and see. The best pod, though, and I'm going to say this is probably the best pod out of anyone not named Holmes. Um, I do actually like Holmes a little bit better than this guy, but you know he's right up there and, and arguably the best pod. Daily Cherry Evans. Um, he's been... He played really well in Origin at the end and, and helped Queensland get that victory. And look, I was pretty critical of him the first third of the season. I don't think he was playing very good football at all, but his super coach scores were really good. But he's really coming alive this back half. And I mentioned him on the podcast with Billy a couple of weeks ago. He is a second-half player. He, he goes on these runs. You know, around 19 to 26 last year, he averaged 105 points. Now, that was a bit of an outlier year, so you could wipe that off a little bit, but he's averaged 80-plus the year before on that run home as well. So you can pretty much bank in. You know, He's averaging 72 so far for the year. I think that he can very well average 80-plus. The last three games, 111, 118 against the Storm, and then 73. You know, that gives him a three-round of 101 and a five-round average of 78. He has been performing above um, the first half of the season for the second half so far. I expect that to continue. He's got the Dragons this week that the Roosters put 50-plus on. So that's going to be a really interesting matchup. He could legitimately go for three tons in a row here, and I think that he will. I think that he can he can definitely turn up against the Dragons, and it's a likely chance. A couple of things to consider with him, though. He can be very vanilla, and we saw that with um, the first two months of football. In the first two months of football, he only scored 70-plus twice, but he was very consistent in getting 60s. It's great to get someone with a great four that's always going to score you 60s, but in this run home, you really need guys that have got upside for those big scores. For the first two months of the season, you saw he never did it. He's been inflated a little bit with goal kicking the last couple of weeks. Ruben Garrick's probably going to get that back this week. So even though he misses quite a few goals because he's not the best goal kicker, that's still going to stun him by seven or eight points um, at, you know, in an average game. If they bought 50 on the Dragons, you know, it might be a bit easier. But uh, yeah, it, it's I, I can't go Daly Cherry Evans myself. But as far as the pods, like if you wanted an under 10%, he's arguably the best guy to go for. Um, I couldn't possibly pick him ahead of a Hines, a Cleary, a Teddy, a Munster. Um, but outside of that, you know, yep, yeah, I, I could very much go him as the next cab off the rank. 
Uh, and I think with the draw, you know, comparing probably him and Latrell is pretty is a pretty good comparison because I think both of them are playing really good football at the moment and both of them have a good chance to continue that form. Uh, and when you look at them, I just think that Terry Owens has, has a better draw and some better matchups where he can take advantage of that a little bit more. It does also depend what you guys think these teams are going to do, right? Because Daly Cherry Evans isn't the type of player where if his team's not going well, he's going to score hugely. Um, that generally doesn't happen for him. And that's pretty similar to Latrell Mitchell, actually. If Souths get pumped, he's still not going to put up a big score. So you should really ask yourself with these type of trade-ins how you think that that team's actually going to perform. I actually think Manly's going to lose a few games on this run home, uh, particularly when round 20 rolls around after this week. They're going to hit the Roosters, uh, power good one against the Titans, and then Sharks, and then away at GIS Stadium against Canberra. You know, there's four out of those next six games, you know, I, I they could very well lose and going to be very competitive. Um, and I, I think that they're going to go, you know, at least 50% loss in that next six weeks. So that's probably a pretty important factor as well. But look, Daly Terry Evans is a fine pod grab, and he has the potential to do that 90-plus average and be above many of the other options that we've discussed for the Pappenhausen replacements. So before we move on to TLT, I do need to mention the fantastic partner of the All-Stars podcast, Top Sport. You can go to topsport.com.au and check them out or download the really easy-to-use app. If you haven't heard of Top Sport, they are a 100% Australian-owned bookmaker and they often have best odds in market. Whether you like betting on sports or you like betting on racing, they've got you covered for everything. Mentioned many times on the podcast, but really, if you like the Supercoach stuff and you love that type of uh, scoring system... You can have a look at a bit of a different fantasy scoring system and check out the top sport player performance markets. It's their own fantasy point scoring that you can bet at the over or under points on, and you can do that um, on the NRL actual stats. So they use NRL.com stats that you can check out, and it's a really easy point scoring system. I, I get asked often, you know, what's a point scoring system? How do I see what that is? If you have a look at the player performance markets, right underneath there'll be little writing that'll say what everything's scored at and what's actually it's based on, uh, and is based on things like um, how many run meters as well as some of the attacking stats. And you can make some great money betting on that. But if you're going to do it, make sure you gamble responsibly. But make sure that you have a look at Top Sport and do it there. Because we've got a great promo code for you on this podcast. It is SC All Stars, all one word. You pop that in when you create an account with Top Sport today. And they'll take great care of you because they'll know that you're one of our listeners. But topsport.com.au, go get on them and check them out today. TLT for this week. This is going to be a rapid-fire TLT where we're just going to have a look at uh, the main focus points of each game and also the VC or C options in each one. So first up is the Eels playing the Broncos. Um, I think that the big change for this one is that you're going to have Ryan Madison back. Uh, is he an option? Look, I think that he's a bit of a pod option. He's 8% owned at the moment. He's a second row that's averaged in the 70s. If he can stay healthy, uh, he could be in for a big finish to the season, and I don't think anyone else is going to buy him. So certainly if you've got the luxury of, uh, of trading Pap with some bank, and you, or if you've got someone else to trade, like I've had Sione Katoa to trade out, you could get Katoa to a Madison and Pappenhausen to a Teddy or something like that. And look, it's, it's a bit risky. Um, Madison doesn't have the upside. But if you're short in your second row forward, then you should be looking at shoring that up at the moment. And Madison could do that as a real pod play. Um, other than that, in this one, you know, normally VC or C would be good options, but I'm really not sure how this one's going to go, so I'm I'm not really going to recommend any of the options myself. Para, uh, $1.60 on top sport this week. I love that bet. 
but looking on to the next game, uh, we've got a little bit of a better one for VC and C options because we've got Ruben Garrick playing the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Manly versus Dragons. Um, I do think that DCE and, and Garrick are going to come into calculations massively for the VC option in this one. I don't have Ruben Garrick myself. I've considered him this week. He's definitely an option, um, I, and he's he's the one that I'm most scared of. Um, Ruben Garrick as a VC option in this one could easily go 130 plus. Uh, straight C, look, I'm not a fan of it early in the round when you've got other options, um, but Daly Cherry Evans is a pod VC. He could also go for that 120 type of game. Olakuatu, um, I mentioned that um, Madison might be an option at 8% if you need to shore up your second row. Uh, certainly, if you don't have Olakuatu, I would prioritise him over Madison because this week uh, he's also potential for a ton and certainly he's been pretty consistent with those 80-plus type of scores against this type of opposition. Top Sport have Manly at $1.57, which I, I think is absolutely insane. You can get $1.57 against the Dragons uh, after that game last week, so love backing them in for that one. Uh, for the draft players, I will say my draft pick for this one. I just picked up Jason Saab, playing his old club, the Dragons, and Saab's been in uh, pretty good form lately. He scored a ton last week, and I reckon that he's a, a double at least for this week against the Dragons. So for the draft players, Jason Saab might be a good pickup this week. Knights versus the Roosters. Obviously, the Roosters had a heap of injuries last week. That's going to open up the door for some opportunity, though, as well. May as well keep talking about draft with the Roosters. Um, someone like Nat Butcher. Yeah, if you can get Nat Butcher in, that's great. Matt Lodge is actually starting with Takiyaho with a fractured face. So uh, Lodge is going to be huge value, too. Jared Aware Hargraves has come back as well into a rotation of only three props for the Roosters. He's going to be value. Um, but the big news is that Kiri's back, so that's going to push Manu away. You could look at Manu as a VC still. Obviously, he's on fire at the moment. Uh, but Teddy's coming off a 99-point game. And I actually think that he's positioned a lot better than Manu to score well against Newcastle this week. Um, I think that Teddy's a real C option. Like, if you're going to VC a Ruben Garrick in centre wing, uh, see Teddy afterwards is a real, real option. I think the Roosters, you know, didn't look great in patches last week. Still allowed the Dragons to score points. But came good in the end. Um, and at the end of the day, um, I think the real positive for the Roosters is that uh, they've got really good replacements for the guys that have gone out. You know, um, Hargraves is back for Takiyaho, Butcher's in for Satili. I don't think they're going to lose a lot, and they can certainly put another big score on the Newcastle Knights this week. So I think that Teddy's actually the ticket this week, and I think he's a fine straight C option as well. He's got good scores against the Knights in the past too, despite a real anomaly in round one this year where the Roosters got smashed by the Knights. Um, Teddy's got a 146-point game against them a couple of years ago and generally has scored pretty well against them. Uh, I, I think that he's he's in for a 120-plus type of game this week to Desco, and I think the Roosters will continue on. Because of that too, um, I do think the Roosters present some value in some of the other purchases as well. Uh, I don't think that someone like Nat Butcher you could look at just because of the price point. He hasn't got quite cheap enough, but you know, in saying that, at 400k... He's probably going to, he's going to play 80 minutes for the rest of the year, and he's been a guy that could easily um, sort of go 55 to 60 points plus on an average for the duration of the year too, which is going to be value. So certainly if you needed to downgrade somewhere and that's all you could afford and your team's pretty set, um, you know, you can go pack to your gun, whoever you choose. He's probably a downgrade option at 400k because I do think that he can go maybe even 60 plus for the run home. Um, another downgrade option for this one is going to be a guy that I talk about too much, and I'm sorry, I apologise to everyone, 
But Daniel Tupo is now under $420,000. And it has been because he's been scoring poorly. He's now got four weeks averaging uh, a paltry 33 points. Um, Obviously not going well, but that's going to flick around. Um, He didn't get a try last week, and he's on a four-game drought. I'd be really surprised if he doesn't get in against Newcastle. Uh, He could easily just get a double this week and go for that 80-90-plus type of game. And at 420k, he's a really good downgrade. So... You know, if you're struggling for money for next week, like, and this is something that I'm looking at maybe doing, you know, if I didn't have Sione Katoa out, what was I going to do to get Munster in? I was going to downgrade one of my center wings into maybe five hundred to six hundred thousand to a four hundred twenty thousand dollar Tupo this week before all the injuries hit, and then use that extra money for an upgrade for next week. Um, that's still on the cards. Someone like uh, Tupo at around the four hundred k mark is a value downgrade, and someone that can be a rotation top six center wing for you for the good matchups. And that first good matchup is going to be this week as well. So uh, I quite like him as a buy. I understand why people would disagree because his form hasn't been there lately. But again, it's what I said when I was talking about the PAP options. You should be looking at what you think teams are going to do. I think the Bruce is going to make the top eight. Um, I think they're going to perform well the last couple of months of footy. Uh, so that's why I'm going to back them to have some pretty good games. If you don't think that, then obviously I wouldn't be buying them because you know someone like Tupo could easily then if they're not winning games, just go on the 35-top run that he's been on lately. On the other side of things, look, I don't really um, love the Knights options. I know some people have been buying David Clemmer. I just think there's some better options other than that. And I would say as well in this one, um, look, Mitch Barnett's been named at 13 again. I've got Barnett. I'm actually benching him. I'm not going to sell him. I'm going to use him as depth because the following weeks, um, the Knights have that draw that I spoke about that's pretty good. But in this one, certainly the big key is um, I'm going to choose Teddy over Manu for the C, despite Manu's form. And I'm also going to go the minus 11.5 line on Top Sport. Topsport.com.au, better the week for this game. Roosters, minus 11.5 at $1.90. Really like that one. Moving along to the next game, we've got the Raiders and the Warriors. Now, I'm just going to go out on a limb and just say, look, I don't think there's a huge amount um, to look at for this one. Um, certainly, if you're having a look at some draft prospects for you, though, for the draft players, someone like Nick Kotrich is going to be available everywhere. Uh, and, and the center wing conceding points for the Warriors for Supercoach is massive. So Nick Kotrich is someone that I um, am looking at picking up at the moment, and he is a good plug-and-play for draft other than that, I don't really see a huge amount of great options in this one. So let's just move straight past it. Um, I do like the the Raiders to win it on top sport. They're only playing a dollar twenty eight though, so maybe a Cottridge try at two dollars ten. That's great value. Panthers versus Sharks. This one's a really hard one because obviously the Sharkies have been going really well, um, and they've got Talakai returning, uh, but they've also got Katoa out. And the Panthers are back to full strength after last week's game. So I've seen a lot of people say I'm going to I'm going to captain Nathan Cleary. Um, look, Nathan Cleary is pretty matchup proof. He's well rested. I think that's a big key. And I think the other key with Nathan Cleary too is that there's going to be some motivation after losing Origin to get back out there and get a good win. And it's going to be a blue bet stadium in Penrith. So that's all pluses for the Nathan Cleary. Uh, captaincy options. Um, I I could see him going really well. Um, I just, you know, the Sharks' defense is still really good. And there's a really good interview with Drinkwater on the weekend uh, with the Matty John show where they, they asked him about what he thinks of the Sharks team. And the first thing he said was, geez, they're hard to score against. And that's been a recurring theme that players have been echoing, that the defense is, is really good for the Sharks. And the numbers obviously show that. But when you have spine players saying and explaining that it's really difficult when you're on the field playing them to find points, 
Uh, that's a pretty big deal. So even though Penrith, oh, I think, probably win this, it could be. it's definitely the game of the round for me. Like, I'm really looking forward to it. But that probably means for me that I, I'm not huge on confidence that Nathan Cleary is going to go big. His floor is probably going to be fine, um, but I can't see myself putting a C on Cleary and leaving it off someone like Tedesco against the Knights. So that's the way I'm going to roll on this one. On the Sharks side of things, the big question is, do you play guys like Mulatalo and Talakai? Um, it, it's a really hard one um, because the the Penrith defence is great and Sharks are away. Um, they looked really good last week in patches, but despite the fact that they won pretty comfortably, they didn't look great in patches either at times. It, it's a bit of a catch-22. It's a more about who else you can play instead of them. Um, Mulatalo's been on a pretty poor run lately. only scored 25 points on the weekend. Uh, he's probably due for a try, Militalo. And in fact, I'd say probably Talakai is due for a big game as well. Um, but it's really who else you can play instead of them. I'm probably going to end up playing Talakai as my 17th man, and, and I think that it's fine. And he's and both of those guys are probably due. Uh, but certainly a Nico Hines, you're going to play, wouldn't go anywhere near with him with the VC or the captaincy. Sharkies are paying, though, on top sport, a massive 4 bucks 10 $4.10 they've come out to from $4.00. Uh, look, I really like him, plus 12.5 at $1.90. But, you know, you can pull that out to a plus 18.5 and, and still get $1.64. And I'm going to go for that. I don't think that Penrith are going to beat him 20+. plus. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good game of footy. Moving along, Rabbit Storm. Rabbit side in form and Storm side out of form on a three-game losing streak. Storm have not lost three in a row since 2015, and they've now done that again. And four in a row, you'd have to go back even longer. So, you know, when you're talking about decades since the Storm has actually lost four in a row, it's pretty long odds for Souths to win this one. Um, but as far as who you'd play, look, in the South side, like normally I think when you're looking at, well, two months ago, you'd be like, geez, I'd probably want to bench these South players. I own Cody Walker, and I would have normally benched him. But one of the things that has been really apparent, even before the Storm's losing streak the last few weeks, is the last couple of months of footy, the outside backs of the Storm have been defending really poorly. You know, they've got Tyron Wishart on the wing now. Um, Nick Meany at fullback, who's been solid. But then Eremia and Seve on that one side just keep getting attacked and just keep letting in tries. Um, even Olam and Wishard is a bit suspect in defence. So I still think that the Storm are very susceptible to let in quite a few points, and that bodes well for the South's attacking players in Latrell and Cody. Um, I wouldn't be as confident in someone like Cook around the ruck, but I, I certainly you know, think that you're probably going to play um, your, your Latrells against them. Cody is a bit of an underdog play. You know, Normally I would have benched him, um, but I'm actually going to roll him out this week because I think those outside backs have been pretty poor, and a lot of halves have actually done well against them. On the Storm side of things, um, I certainly expect big games from these guys. Um, Munster, a bit of an outside C option. You know, if you want to go VC Teddy, I would actually rather the C on Munster than what I would on Nathan Cleary this week. I just like the matchup a little bit better, and I like the the solid 80-plus that he can sort of go, um, and I think that's probably what it's going to be. I don't think he's going to go huge, but if you want a solid score... Uh, I could see Munster doing that one. On top sport, it's interesting because the South Sydney Rabbitohs are only $2 underdogs. Uh, $1.82, like I said, the Storm have not lost four in a row for a very long time. I really like the bounce back at $1.82, so I'll be tipping that one. Bulldogs and Gold Coast Titans is the second last game. This has got my buy of the week in it. Uh, I know that we've got all these great fullback options to buy and everything, but uh, as much as I like some of these other guys... David Fafita, I just can't get away from it. You know, I tried not to trade him in this week, but playing the Bulldogs and how he looked last week, 
I can't not trade him in. Um, and it's it's all different reasons. 575000 is massive value. You're not going to get him much cheaper. Last week, I think, uh, you know, even seeing the commentary from a lot of people, a lot of people were like, oh, he doesn't look that great. Still looks a little bit underdone, maybe. He scored 49 raw base and 75 points. Yeah, he did that pretty easily and pretty comfortably. So I I actually think it was pretty encouraging. And when you have a look at how he did it, that's what you want David Fafita doing. And he's got 12 points. Fafita still had a line break and five tackle breaks. You know, like it's... Uh, he can really rack up the points quickly um, without really doing much. So you can imagine against a bulldog side this week that has susceptible edges, he could easily go big. And he's probably one of the few forwards that you can get in that has that 150 upside. He scored that multiple times last year. I know the attack was up, but he's he can easily go a double and score 120 plus. Uh, and I can see that happening this week. I reckon he's, he's short odds to get a try this week and he's short odds to be 100 plus. So I really like him for the value. Um, certainly after this week, the run gets a little bit harder. But one of the great things with Fafita is he finishes off with um, round 23, the Dragons, and then round 24, which is head-to-head finals, Newcastle. So he's got some really good games, and I think this is a really good week to buy him to get that Bulldogs game under your belt. So really like it, um, and also also will say that for top spot bet of the week, uh, I really like him for a try. Now, look, it's one of those things, too, that's paying really good money. You get $2.90 at the moment for David Fafita to score a try. Uh, that's pretty good value. But if you're in a head-to-head match, and this is where it can be a little bit different on who you're looking for a try, head-to-head match and you're chasing, and you're like, who who can I have someone later in the match that's going to be a different player that I can chase with because, you know, this guy's got Captain Teddy. Um, I don't, don't think I can match him with that or, or whatever. You know, Dave Fafita is a guy that can go 100 plus and can win you a head to head. He could even go for one of his you know, all time scores against the Bulldogs this week. Despite how the Bulldogs have been looking, South put on three tries in like nine minutes last week, and they were pretty easy done too to win that game. So, could see Fafita doing that, even if um, the Titans lose. So, that's always a plus as well. His team doesn't have to win for him to be able to score well. One of the uh, the number one forward by the week by a mile, arguably one of the best buys of the week overall, though. The final game of the round, this one's the Cowboys-Tigers. This has got so many options in it, it's not funny. Let me just say, I cannot wait to play all my Cowboys. I am loaded up for this Cowboys run, so please don't disappoint me, boys. I've got Reese Robson, I've got Drinkwater, and I'm going to buy Valentine Holmes. And Jason Tomololo was a bee's dick away from a try last week. It was a terrible call not to give it to him. He would have had his first try of the year last week. I reckon these tries coming this week instead. So, real big scores from Cowboys this week. What that means is, you know, Scotty Drinkwater, I said before, he only scored 46 points against the Tigers last time, but against the other poor teams, um, he's going 100 to 120. He could be a real sneaky captaincy option at the end of this round. Uh, and, you know, I'm I'm actually considering it, if Teddy wasn't playing Newcastle, I would have gone Scotty Drinkwater. I think he's a great captaincy option this round, and one of the reasons why he's going to be a great buy um, I will mention that I've seen a few people look at Adam Dewey. Uh, I, look, if he was a bit cheaper and the Tigers had a better run, I think that he could have been one of the options that you could have looked at as an extreme pod, especially because he can be a centre wing. But I just I just don't believe in the Tigers, um, and I think the Cowboys are absolutely going to pump them up in Townsville this week. So if you don't have any Cowboys, um, you might want to consider getting them in this week because I reckon they're going to kill it, and Top Sport do as well because the odds for them are very short at eight minus 19.5 points at $1.85. I reckon I'd take that and get them to win 20 plus for $1.85. 
That is the round. That is the podcast, everyone. Thanks very much for listening. Sorry it was a solo one this week, but just with the schedules and things, sometimes I need to throw them in there. And it's also nice just for me to have a chat to all the listeners and stuff, especially when there's a big Pappenhausen conversation to have. But if you want to listen to the podcast, make sure you tune in either via iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Audible, or pretty much everywhere. Follow us on Twitter, NRL underscore SC underscore AllStars. Hit up topsport.com.au and make sure you use the promo code, which is SC AllStars when you create an account. And you can also hit up Manscaped, last last chance for this one. I'm not going to uh, be advertising for them much longer, but Manscaped, 20% off with free shipping. You can just put in NRL All-Stars and you'll get that promo discount straight away when you go and put an order in today. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. Good luck with Round 19. Good luck with all the trades with Pappenhausen out. You've all got a lot of money to play with, got a lot of football to look at this week, and we'll be back on the iTunes and everything else with the Talk and Footy podcast at the end of the week on Friday if you want to hit that one too. Can't wait to chat more footy again real soon. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on.